Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. You've reached the home of evergreen pro wrestling content with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. This is Marking Out the Day's Extreme Watch Alongs. I am one half of the hosting squad, Dave Rosenbluth from Kicking Out at Two. And joining me as always, the man, I'm not going to say the myth of the legend because he hasn't really reached that status yet. But, however, in some people's minds he may have. But... In other people's minds, not so much. Not yet. Once we once once we get our, our star on the Hollywood podcast walk of fame, then maybe that's a different story. But nonetheless, I've been going on too long for this uh, th- this extended uh, intro here. He is the architect, the man that crossed the T's and dots the I's. Wait a minute, I said that last week. I'll say it again anyways because it sounds good and it makes a lot of sense. Kobe Nida. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Hey, we're back here with... An exclusive extreme watch along, a different take. Uh, we're not going to do the episode that you think, April 15th. Nay, nay, nay. We are going to review ECW Barely Legal. We're going to do something different. You know, do the watch along there. We're going to um, do a little bit different. We're going to do half a watch along. Yeah, half. Yeah, we're going to half ass it. Yeah, half along. Yeah. <laughs> Either way you want to put it, um, yeah, we are here, Retromania. As always, you can find us on any podcasting app by searching Retromania with a W. Uh, follow along with this show we've been watching since the beginning of 1997. It's ECW Hardcore TV. Uh, weekly, Dave and I have been going through these episodes and reliving the moments and talking about the time then and relating it to now. As always, a retrospective pro wrestling podcast network. Retromania. Find us on any podcasting platform. Write to us at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. Like, rate, review, share, and subscribe. Please, it helps us grow. I thank you so much for uh, joining us for the last three years on this new network here. And uh, all the all the fans and all the content that we got going. Speaking of content, Dave, before we jump into this watch long, what have you got going on with Kicking Out at 2? All right, we are on the other side of the aisle of the professional wrestling landscape of 1997. Kicking out of two is covering Monday Night Raw, Raw is War, and WCW Monday Nitro. Doing recaps, doing watch-alongs. Um, so this last week we had the April 7th, 1997 episode of WCW Monday Nitro. That was the night that we had the fallout from Spring Stampede. The NWO was at, 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 at a fever pitch when it comes to turmoil. We didn't know if they were going to split. We also had um, some, some pretty fun matches on that show. I recapped it for you. Coming up this week, we're going to have the Monday Night Raw following the In Your House Revenge of the Taker from April the 21st. That episode is most famous for the Steve Austin Bret Hart street fight where the match took place inside the arena and as well as inside the ambulance. This was a, um, a match that was done to help write Bret Hart off of TV uh, because he had suffered a, a legitimate knee injury, uh, I believe, in the match the previous evening with Steve Austin at the In Your House pay-per-view. So we recap that event for you on the Night Raw episode... Uh, 
April the 21st, 1997, the fallout from the In Your House Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a bad pay-per-view at the time. Uh, I, I, I didn't catch it at the time, but watching it back, you know, um, years later when the network launched, uh, the WWE network, that is, before they got on the cock, before they sat on that big cock for all the money. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A great, great little throwaway pay-per-view, though. You know, an in-your-house that's forgotten and underrated. Yeah, they had LOD against Owen and Bulldog. You had um, Undertaker and Mankind from the WWF Championship. You had Bret Hart and Steve Austin, a WrestleMania rematch. That was that was also on that card. So yeah, that you're you know what you're right. That is definitely a throwaway pay per view. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just bringing it into ECW, all the stuff that they started doing, and then W uh, WWF at the time or WCW would always try to copy and do or copy and paste in their own way. I mean, wrestling is almost like that in a sense all the time. It's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna copy your homework but make it look different, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling has always been that way. They've recycled stuff, whether it's whether it's, you know, storylines, gimmicks, um, you know, there's I won't say there's nothing new and original because there are some original stuff in wrestling these days, but not a whole lot. It's very few and far between. Um, but yeah, this is uh, in '97. They each each show in the Raw and Nitro both adopted a little bit of uh, ECW's edgier format into their format, and like you said, copied the homework but made it look like their own. So, um, but you know, the 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 homework that we're going to be watching, that we're going to be um, watching with you, the half a watch along here is of barely legal 1997 ECW's very first pay per view. Now, just a reminder, we're not going to watch the entire show because it would take too long. Kobe and I would be at each other's throats. You guys would probably stop playing after about an hour. Or so, um, what we are going to do, we're going to watch the Taz and Sabu match. We're going to watch the three-way dance with Terry Funk, Sandman, and Stevie Richards. And then we're going to watch the ECW world title match with Raven. Um, and we are going to start at 1 hour 30 minutes on the dot. Yes. Okay, so this, this recording is going to go a little bit over an hour, hour and 15, some change. So uh, bear with us here. But uh, we're, going to, we're going to watch that. And we're going to play the audio from time to time when it's appropriate. And, uh, yeah, the reason why we're watching these three matches in particular is because these three matches were probably the most hyped up matches mm-hmm. on the, on this ECW pay-per-view. So I thought it would be fitting on the 25-year anniversary. <coughs> Excuse Woo, me. To burp. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, to, to watch this match. No, the bell didn't ring. It's not, it doesn't signal disqualification. I just had a little gas that I need to get out. So... Um, <laughs> But, you know, fitting for an ECW recording because, you know, it's pretty much no rules, anything goes. So, Absolutely. Uh, with that being said, fire up your cock, your peacock, if it's working. And you're going to go to the, the – I'll go step-by-step step with you here. You're going to go to we, the WWE you know what? hub. When, when, when we say fire up the cock, we need, like, a sound effect. You know, like, I, I need to do, like, a sound effect. Or, like, a – Yeah. Like a <laughs> Like those door stops with yeah. the fucking Don't spring mean, on the back of them? Yeah. yeah I'll cue that in. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Well, cue yeah. up, cue up your cock, uh, folks. But yeah, cue up your cock, go to the WWE hub, and then there, there's they actually have made it a little bit easier for you to navigate. Yeah. Not as much, not as great as it used to be on the WWE Network, but a little bit easier. There's, they're slowly, you know, they're late to the party when it comes to customer satisfaction on their app. Um, but you can find the ECW section. 
And then you're going to scroll all the way down to the last line at the bottom. It's going to say ECW A to Z. And you're going to scroll over and you're going to see ECW Barely Legal 1997. Season 1, Episode 1. And we'll have you press play. And then when you play, fast forward all the way to 1 hour, 30 minutes, and 0 seconds. On the dot. On the Hit dot. the mute button. On the dot. That's right. The dot, the, the you know, the yeah, just the dot. The dot with the cock. And... Um, you know, when, when one of us, Kobe or myself, say play, you're going to press play and you'll watch along with us. And from time to time, you know, we'll we'll turn our audio up on our end so you can uh, listen. Uh, but, you know, keep it muted so you can enjoy the soft, soothing vocal sounds of one Dave Rosenbluth and Kobe Knight here on Marking Out Today's Extreme Watch Alongs. Yes, indeed. Thank you for joining us for Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Subtle tones by Dave Rosenbluth and Kobe Nida. The hosting <laughs> squad gets you nice and wet. And we're going to get you barely legal. <laughs> Don't look up barely legal on Google so by fire. yourself, folks, because you're going to queue up some uh, some stuff and maybe the FBI will be on your case. But, uh, yeah, you might have the DEA knocking on your door in about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so one hour and 30 seconds, and we're actually going to start with the audio uh, from our end because I want to get everybody hyped. We're going to have like a Raven promo and then lead into Taz, and then we'll get into the Taz and Sabu match. So I want to get everybody kind of hyped for this. So uh, we're going to count down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and like you said, when we say play, you hit that play button with us. You can listen along, watch along, join in the fun. Um, but we're going to have the audio up for this little bit here. Okay. Dave, you ready? Uh, who's doing the audio? You or me? I'm doing the audio. You're going to do the audio. Okay. Yes, I am ready to go. Yes, sir. I, my cock is loaded. All right. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get barely legal with my cock. <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> Five. You knew at some point that was coming. Yeah. Oh, well, what's what's coming first? The Dave or the joke? <laughs> All right. Five, four. On a good day? Yeah. Five, gotcha. four, three, two, one. Hit play. Tonight, an entire world is tuned in to see the greatest hardcore legend of all time defeat not only the Sandman, but Stevie Richards as well. So we can go on and face the greatest grappler of the modern era, the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, me. And 90% of those fans have tuned in to see a bitter show of a has-been gain the most prized trophy in all the land. And those same people have come to cheer at his side as he vanquishes their hated nemesis. But 10% of those people have come to rage against the machine. Those 10% have come to scream at the sold-out corporate powers to be. Those 10% have come to raise their arms in a crucifix to symbolize that we are indeed martyrs for a dysfunctional society. And those 10% came to see me win. Quote the Raven, Nevermore! Sabu, 
The time for talking is done. I have waited my whole life for a match like this, for an opponent like you. I hate you, Sabu, and you hate me. I wouldn't want it any other way. You are going to bring out the fire. You, in a few short moments, are going to go through hell. And I know you're going to put me through hell too. And I love it. I have choked out every wrestler Bill Alfonso has put in front of me. Bam Bam Bigelow, history. Paul Varlin's Ultimation fight, done. How about two cold Scorpio? He's up there in the big time. He's history. Put him out. How about Van Dam? Not a chance. How about Jericho? Every wrestler. Why? Why'd I choke them out? One, because I can. Two, because I want to. And three, because Fonzie put his money on it. Sabu, we're going into a war. I hope you're prepared, brother. Because Lord knows I am. And you know I am. And I know you fear me. And you should, Sabu. I'ma bust you up. I'ma bust you up so bad. I'm getting goosebumps, brother. <laughs> I'm gonna take you out. I'm gonna hook my hold on you, and I'm gonna choke you out. I have no choice, Sabu. I'm going to choke you out. One more thing, Sabu. If I was you, I wouldn't be. All right. There we go. What, what do you think of that promo? Huh? It's better than all the other ones that where he wanted to sexually violate Sabu in the previous weeks that we've watched. Gonna taste him. tasting him and all this other good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like an advertisement it, it, for like a, a like a like a BDSM fucking club. I think that, they. That he was I think they even edited that promo. Oh yeah, it looked like they did. Yeah. Look at this. The the, the cool. orange light with the smoke. It, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's very WrestleMania like with with the the entrance there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have like, some of the audio going. This is like ECW's WrestleMania. Say that again? It's like it's like ECW's WrestleMania here. Oh yeah, definitely. Like we we had spoke of before, this is this is definitely their WrestleMania and it's on the heels of WrestleMania. Um and they're working with WWF. So um <clears throat> Yeah, it goes hand in hand. I would have loved Pat- to have seen them a part of WrestleMania. Like some 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 kind of match with like Lawler 
you know, they, like to hype up the ECW pay-per-view to put them, you know, um, to put to really put them over. Yeah. I think that would have been so cool. For sure. You know. Um, that, that should have been done, but, you know, I don't think they wanted to make it apparent that they had that much of a working agreement, uh, even though, you know, most of the boys probably knew. Um, but it was where yeah. your bread was getting buttered at, <laughs> essentially. Sabu already in the ring. We didn't even see his entrance, huh? He didn't really have much of an entrance. He just kind of showed up like Batman. Oh, bla- yeah, lights He's out, here. lights on. Yeah. Yep. And Bill Alfonso well, you get to- used to manage uh, Sabu, correct? Excuse me. Again, I'm burping. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, this was he managed Sabu after this. Okay. If 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 I am correct, I want to say he turns on Taz during this match, or whoa, maybe whoa, not whoa, long whoa, after. Don't spoil it. Spoiler don't alert! Spoil it. Whoa! Spoiler alert! Possibly. I, I think. I it's think, only twenty five uh, years later. Well, all right, we're gonna have to. I mean, yes, this does happen during this match. It's actually the the the, the ECW version of Bret Hart and Stone Cold. The guys do a, a flip flop the night. A double turn. Know? A double turn. Exactly. Except you really don't have a defined heel and babyface in this match. You know, it's almost like it's almost like two sports teams, two rivals, and the audience just chooses which ones they like. You know what I mean? Like it's like the Yankees and the Red Sox in a sense. You know, like you got yeah. Red Sox fans, you got Yankee fans. But, you know, with the ECW audience, they weren't really. No one really liked Sabu or, or Taz more than the other, or hated Sabu or Taz more than the other. It was just you know two rivals, and and they had their their fan base. True. So, and both guys that uh, that did not get picked up by WWF or WCW that ended up creating this huge uh, resurgence of wrestling and underground wrestling in ECW, you know? Yeah, Sabu, I know had a couple of try, a couple of one-offs with WCW. I remember in '95 he wrestled at a Halloween Havoc, um, and it was like a quick one-off type of deal. And I think he was on a couple of nitros um, yeah. early yes, on, was. but. Uh, he wasn't a he wasn't a mainstay, and I think that was I think it, they were just looking at him to see you know what they had, um, and it was done as a favor to, to uh, his uncle, the original Sheik. Yes. So um, nothing really came of that, and I, I believe Sabu did have a WWF tryout at one point, like a non televised. Oh, we're going for it early. The Katahajime. Wow. Nice counter by Sabu with the arm drag there. Yeah, absolutely. These guys look like they're Work. definitely uh, into some jujitsu or grappling, you know, seriously. Yeah. And we know yep. that Taz is. That's kind of what he bases his character off of. And it's interesting in a way. I, I hate. I mean, we're we're talking about the time, though. Ken Shamrock's brought into WWF. Yes. So they actually do a mock MMA match the the week prior to this in WWF with Ken Shamrock. Yes, it was a no holds barred exhibition on Raw. Yeah, um, they were really building up Shamrock, and it's funny too because Shamrock and I never knew this until like recent years, but Shamrock actually got his start in pro wrestling. Yes, and then transitioned to MMA, and then once he left MMA, he went back to pro wrestling, and it would be during this period in time in '97. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I had found that out when we started uh, the Retromania Pro Wrestling podcast, uh, looking into the history of Ken Shamrock, uh, doing some stuff during the Origin of Attitude uh, 
series that Jimmy and I did. Um, mm-hmm. I found that out about Ken Shamrock, and I was really impressed. And good old Jimmy Price, one of my only followers on Kicking Out of Two that actually likes my posts. Oh, nice, <laughs> awesome. He he's he is a swell dude. We are actually going to yeah. AEW, AEW Dynamite together. Uh, so I look look. Oh, in to uh, Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Good for you. Yeah, Good so that'll be my first AEW show. You'll have a lot of fun. They are fun shows. I've I've been to two Dynamites. I went to one in Boston uh, on Halloween, and then I went to one in New Jersey, which it wasn't as pleasant only because I, I sat on the floor and everyone stood up and during the match that I really wanted to see was Brian Danielson and Hangman Page. and um, <laughs> Even though it was a great match, it, I, I didn't enjoy it as much because everyone stood up. The whole fucking right. match. It was it was it was it was brutal. Good Sabu stuff. got some color here already. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. Already looks already like the color the juice. too. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. He's probably got a few open cuts there from a previous what? blade job that haven't healed properly. Or did he break his nose? It almost it looks, looks like, like Sab- he... Sabu broke his nose. Yeah, it looks like he broke his nose, man. I think he does because he has tape on his nose, uh, I-, I feel like, this year. Like, that was something that was uh, Sabu-esque, you know, about his character. Yeah. He had, like, tape over his nose for a short period of time. You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I remember the first time seeing a wrestler... Uh, put tape over his nose was when the horseman beat up Ricky Morton and, and rubbed his face into the, the 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 cement in the locker room. Okay, and he wore like tape over he wore like tape over his nose because he had a broken nose and he had the raccoon eyes and the whole deal. I do. And I remember as a kid, it was like it was it was pretty it was pretty cool to see. I mean, even as even as a, I think I was like five or six maybe, and you know I wanted nothing more than Ricky Morton to get his revenge. But then it was not long after that when I was a youngster. Uh, I would believe I was in kindergarten or first grade. We had a, like a holiday recital, and I was supposed to be the little drummer boy. And we were we were leaving our classroom. We were going to go to the auditorium. And at the time, the the doors to the classrooms they were just thick wooden doors. They didn't have a window, so you didn't see you didn't see who was coming out. Some teacher swung this door open oh. and hit me right in the face. Wow. Caught me in the fort over the eyebrow and. Like, I just remember looking, like, I was crying because I was upset and it hurt. And then I remember looking in the nurse's office and through the mirror and I was like, let me see. I want to see my face. I'm crying and I look and I had, and like, in the back of my head, I was like, oble- oh, my God, I look like one of the wrestlers. Like, I thought I was Ricky Morton, like, bleeding. And then and then I remember I remember telling my mother, um, she took me to the walk-in clinic and I ended up getting um, stitches over my eyebrow. But she was like, bless you. And um, she... I said to her, I go, they're going to have to put tape over my nose. Is my nose broken? Because I still had, like, dry blood on my nose. And, like, I thought I, I – everything I did revolved and lived around wrestling, wrestling in some yeah. form or fashion, you know? Of course. I mean, still, to this day, it still does. You know what I mean? I'll be honest. Like I said to you a few weeks ago, when we were talking about the death of Scott Hall. Sometimes I'll, I go into Walmart. I'll do the, you know, the, the, the strut walking through the, the, the door like I'm, like I'm coming out on Nitro. My wife will just look at me like, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, did like, you see? I mean, you, quiet, got the, you got the text that I got you, uh, that I sent you, right? Uh, we got security oh, with cameras. Oh, with your camera. Yeah the, the, yeah, the security camera on your house. Yeah, you did the Triple H. Yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. We I set remember, them up yeah. at the house, and I, I've been doing wrestling entrances uh, for the front door. <laughs> so I did my Triple H. I did Ric Flair the other day. I'll have to, you gotta I'll march, have to keep you it You got to march into the house as Vince. Oh, like, Do the man. Vince walk. 
They, and, and then you have to send it to me. I gotta see it. Sure, I gotta see it. We'll but get a collection. This, we're talking right. over. The, we're talking over this match here. Yeah. Um, what's your timestamp? My timestamp is currently at one hour forty three minutes and thirty six seconds and counting. Awesome. We're on the same page. Yep. Look at that. The cock is cooperating with us today. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. The, the cock. Yeah, the weather is bad the weather. here, um, so I've been getting shoddy signal. Plus, the peacock sucks in general. Yeah. Yeah, I had a meltdown during my WrestleMania 8 recording with Dennis. Oh, I heard I, it. I, I heard it. I remember listening back, and I was like, I listened back to it the other day in the car, and I was like, oh, my goodness. What was I thinking? I sound like an animal. I sound like a murderer. Like if I ever, like if there was ever a story about me on Dateline, like they'll play that audio right away. Be like the seeds were planted at the WrestleMania Eight Watch Along podcast with his friend Dennis. Then we'll do like a shadow vignette of me, and I'm like, I, I knew Dave Rosenbluth uh, uh, from the podcast network, and it'll have a name that says, you know, name, you know, kept yeah. fake. Yeah, this is. This individual wanted to keep his identity right. a secret. <laughs> Absolutely. He used to get mad at me when I was late for recording. Right. <laughs> I didn't think much of it in the beginning, but now that I look back on it, I realized there's something wrong with him. He is just not a nice guy. <laughs> Screaming. Could you please like, rate, and subscribe to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast yeah, exactly. Network on Podbean, please. Origins of Attitude, Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Oh, good stuff. They, they, they cut you off mid, mid-sentence of the commercial break. We'll be right back. Yeah, I'm just like trying to plug. <laughs> I get up and clearly I'm out of the light and you see my face. <laughs> just like, hey, yeah, no, right? Whoops. Speaking of the light... The production values for this ECW pay-per-view, they definitely spent a, a few bucks because the lighting is like professional and ten times better than what you would originally see in the, the dingy, smoke-filled uh, bingo hall um, in, uh, in, in South Philadelphia. Looks like they even upgraded the ring. Like the buckles, yeah. the ropes look new. Um, yeah. I, I guess they got that Vince. The canvas, the, doesn't, yeah, the canvas doesn't look like there's 10,000 cigarette Burns in the fucking yeah. well, <laughs> duct tape over Sam, and shit. Sandman made his appear hasn't made his appearance yet, so yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They got this new this new uh, uh, canvas and the ring crew. You know, the camera crew looks official because it's pay per view too. So uh, I, I believe they used Request TV's uh, camera crew. Okay, and a lot of that production came from Request TV. Okay, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe Paul Heyman once said on a documentary that. They they wanted to produce the request TV um, suggested that they produce the entire pay per view. Interesting. And and Paul Heyman uh, told them, "No, I have a producer, and uh, we will not do the pay per view unless you, you unless we do it. You know, use our producer." And he stuck with his he stuck with his guys, which was you know, oh very loyal. Oh, good sir, I have a producer. His name is Hall Payman. <laughs> Actually, it was Rod Buffone. Oh, okay. Was was their was their producer? Um, he was the guy that was uh, largely in charge of um, you know editing and producing all the television shows. I always that thought they had. I always thought it was great. Like it was like you know flash forward, like hardcore wrestling. It was like you know with the the in between transitions of like the the, the cuts and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they they had a lot of they had a lot of um 
the, you know, we talked about earlier the WWF and WCW adopting certain things from their programming. One of the things that I, I feel like WCW definitely adopted from ECW was some of those production little uh, little techniques with like the quick cuts. Uh, when it came to producing those NW those early NWO vignettes when it was just Hogan Hall and Nash in the studio mm-hmm. and they just gave you like the little quick sound bites. Um, I know that the I remember following once, promotion has been paid for by the New World Order. You sound that sounds pretty legit. Look at you and your Alfred Hayes, man. I'll tell you, that's <laughs> uh, those are those are those are top notch right there. Thanks. And of course, the 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 person whose identity that they rather not uh, <laughs> disclose to the camera. That was a pretty good one too. But um, no, be Kaida. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a fucking Star Wars gimmick. Thanks. I'm gonna write that one yeah. down. There you go, Nobi Kaida. I like that. You got Obi Wan Kenobi and his and his illegitimate stepson Nobi Kaida. Misa, Misa um, like a wrestling. <laughs> but this match is all over the place, which has been yeah. pretty good. It's 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 um it really replicates the build up that these two just you know wanted to kill each other, and they did anything possible to do that. I like that. I like how they've they've really um lived up to the hype so far in this match, but um. Yeah, if you remember those those snippets with Hogan and Hall and Nash, yeah, how they would just you know quick quick little you know sound bites here and there, and they would just kind of splice it together with the black and white and the NWO music in the background. I feel like they took some of that from ECW um, when ECW would do those quick little cuts like that, and you would see like the static and you had the static noise, and then it would go to the the, the clip or whatever. So even um, even the intro of at Raw. least that's my, I don't know if that's the case, but I feel like that they they did take some of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think even the intro of Raw when that evolves to "What am I a thorn in your eye?" like all that stuff is very like edited, uh, much like the ECW uh, package stuff. You know, very quick. Edits. I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, Kevin Dunn was like, I mm, see that. "That that seems pretty cool." Uh, <laughs> Man, they are they are Sabu going for the tornado DDT and and uh, he pretty much tornado DDT himself through the table. Yeah, good old Sabu. Uh, but this He's like I'm not taking that. Taz's like I'm not taking that through the table. What are you? What are you out of your mind? I told you I was gonna taste you, but I'm not gonna taste the floor too. <laughs> you know what these people got on the bottom of their feet? Yeah, brother. Are you kidding me? These motherfuckers don't know how to wash their hands. Smells like piss and stale beer in here every night. <laughs> you gotta be crazy if you think I'm taking a bump on the floor. Hey, how old is Hook? Is he born at this time? Is he alive? I, you know what? Let's Google let's, how old let's, Hook let's is. Do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google. I'm gonna Google the internet real quickly here. And um, oh, don't Google the how? whole internet because that could be hours. Oh yeah, that could be infinite. I want to say he's like in his early 20s, maybe. I could be wrong. I want to see if he's born at this time. Just curious. He was not born at this time. He was born May 4th, 1999. And his real name is Tyler Sinercha. Okay. Yeah. Ah, so, uh, so, 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 so Hook isn't even a a, a thought in, um, in Taz's mind at this Ta- moment. Taz got that WWF contract. He said, look, we're going to make it now. I'm getting yeah. paid. They're gonna put yeah. me. They're gonna book me to the top, brother. I'm gonna taste. I just choked out Kurt Angle yeah. at the Royal Rumble. So guess what, honey? Spread your legs, cause now we're having a baby. I mean, that was a huge, huge. Beat me if you can. 
<laughs> that was a huge moment. But even Taz said he knew his career was over when he heard that pop because that was like it. It was people already knew who he was. It was the Philadelphia crowd um, that knew of him, and Vince didn't want any of that. You know, they they had a reputation for burying guys that they didn't create. Yeah, I was unfortunate. I I, I feel like. Also, too, if you if you look at the time that the, the roster at that time, they were so crowded. Yeah, like Taz was just gonna be lost in the. I mean, if you look in hindsight, you look back on it. Back, you know, twenty something years ago, I wished he he definitely had a better run than the WWF. I wished he would have. But if you look at it now, that I mean, that roster was loaded. What if what know? if Taz ran the cruiserweight division? You know what? That would have been an interesting take with his like shoot fighting like. You know, presentation to it where he was, you know, he, he he didn't do all the flips and the flops. You know, he, he brought the technical wrestling aspect. Like if he was their Dean Malenko. For real. Like I, I, yeah. could, I could see him as like their Dean Malenko, yeah. you know, with, 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 you know, other smaller guys. And he would, you know, oppose the flyer, the high flyers of that division. Well, because when WWF they, brought in Dean Malenko mm-hmm. and they made him the light heavyweight champion and tried to run that run that you know Ooh, nice suplex wow. yeah they tried to run that division uh you know i think dean malenko had been over his prime at the time he was still producing solid matches but he wasn't the dean malenko of old no and it's unfortunate now because you um um i just found out recently that you know malenko he works for AEW as a producer as a as a coach Behind the scenes, he's, suff- he's he's currently suffering from Parkinson's disease. Oh, shit. Which I had no idea. Um, and from what I gather, I think I heard this on Jericho's podcast. Jericho, when Malenko, when they cut Malenko, when WWE let him go, um, uh, Jericho for, was one was one of the, the guys that pitched uh, Malenko for a spot you know, behind the scenes with AEW. Wow. This is an interesting spot here. Sabu does the two suplex. He mocks Taz. Taz no sells it, of course. Now he's putting him in his own move. The Kataha Jimmy. Woo! What's your timestamp? My timestamp. Oh, am I behind you or in front of you? I am one hour, fifty-three minutes, and fifty seconds and counting. There we go. Are you? Oh, you're a little behind. It's my cock. My is- cock keeps falling down, man. Oh, I need to man. get that blue chew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I think I'm on to something. If you can get like a, a technical, you know, a, a, a software rectile dysfunction software, like a, yeah. you know, I'm telling you, we'd, we'd make millions of dollars. We'd make millions. Millions. I want million dollars. Um, so let's talk a bit about, well, let's let's talk about this match as it goes on. Yeah. Wow. Um putting on the the choke holds. What are your what are your feelings of this uh have you seen the blood sport like Josh Barnett's Is this blood the finish sport? here? I think this might be the finish. He's going one, two. That's it. It's over. Three. He choked him out. The ref calls it. Wow. Good match. I forgot how good this match was. Yeah. I forgot how good this match was. This is a good match. I love I love the realism of it. So this match basically influenced a lot of uh I mean, Taz was a big <sighs> proprietor of the uh the mixed martial arts and that that fusion uh that wrestling tried to do with it with that surrealism. Um 
you know, trying to make it seem real, like a work shoot. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost where Ken Shamrock came from, where the Gracies came from, where Minoru yep. Suzuki, Pancrase wrestling, essentially. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the blood sport, like Josh Barnett's blood sport? Are you familiar with that? I've not seen it. I've seen pictures. Like, I know, like, it's, it, like, he's had, um, oh, wait, here's Taz on the mic. Why don't we play the audio Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me, let me cue it up. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's all good. Sabu, listen to me. What happened was I choked you out. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Now listen to me. I don't want you to mistake this for me blowing smoke up your ass because I ain't doing that. But you gave me the fight of my life. And I don't want, it might be bullshit, you need to shut your mouth and have some respect. As I was saying, I don't want to sound corny, but you fought me to my life, the end of my line, and I got a lot of respect for you. And it's hard for me to say that. But I'll tell you what, anytime you want a rematch with me, I would love the opportunity for you to take me to my limit. Now I want to shake your hand. Show them sportsmanship on the part. Oh, there's my peacock. Loading it up. Oh, is it acting up? Wow, yep. Just paused right in the middle of what we were doing. There we go again. Thank you very much. Where are you at now? Uh, I'm still at 1 hour 57 minutes and 20 seconds. Taz is a bigger man than we all thought he was. Okay, Taz shakes his hand. Sabu accepted his hand. All right, I'm going to turn this audio off because it is ruining the recording. All right. Where are you at, Dave? Where you at Dave, now, Cope? Where Where are you at? I'm at 157.53. Okay. Jesus Christ. Thank you, Peacock, for not participating. Good stuff. Uh, My Rob Van Dam coming down here. You're- yeah, you want to put the audio on if, if, you, if you want... Yeah, I mean, right now, from my end, we got RVD and Sabu double teaming yeah. on Taz and attacking him, um, while Fonzie is standing on the outside watching the whole thing happen. Uh, I don't know where you're at, Kobe, but for those of you that are watching along with us, listening, I'm at one fifty-eight uh, thirty almost. Yeah. Okay, I'm one fifty-eight thirty-five. There we go. So Same I here. think we're right. Yeah, we're, we're right there. We're right there. Okay. All right. Another hiccup. Apologize for the, the technical. See, that's why we need to come up with a, a, a an erectile dysfunction software program for um, yeah. for for these apps, especially Peacock. An eat an E T I T. An E T I T. That sounds like a U T I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, uh. we're just really we're, we're some horrible people. Oh, look at this. Sabu just tried to jump, and then he lost his balance. Now he's going to go on the chair again, and then. Jesus Christ. 
through the table. Wow. Taz <laughs> took the bump on the floor. Even though there might be urine on the floor, he took the bump. And we see all of Team Taz surrounding the ring, or on one side of the ring, RVD soaking in the adulation. Sabu has now locked Taz in the Taz mission, the Katahajay, on the floor. As Fonzie is just watching on, is this part of the turn? What do we got here? Looks like it. Did, did he officially turn? I don't get it. Let me play the audio. I'll play the audio on my end. How about yeah, that? Yes, please. Taz won this matchup. He won it clean with the Kataha Jemay extended a hand to Sabu. And that's what he gets. And if Bill Alfonso thinks he's going to take on Sabu and Van Dam by himself. Or is he? That was the thing at the time, too. Taking off the shirt to reveal that you were with another crew. The NWO stuff. Yeah, that was total NWO ripoff. That's one thing ECW definitely adopted was they took that from the NWO. You either, took, you either took a shirt off to reveal you had an NWO shirt or you put an NWO shirt on to reveal you were part of the NWO. That was that was the thing. Yeah. So this is the official turn here as, as Sabu now has a manager in Bill Alfonso and Rob Van Dam is his associate, if you will. Um, Timestamp for me on my end is two hours, one minute, and twenty-six seconds. Same here. For now. All right, look at that. We're on the same page. Yeah. Oh damn! You saw that chair flying in there? Holy cow! Was that a fan or was that Taz? Uh, I think that was. That might have been a wild fan. That yeah, that might have been a wild fan. And and this here it looks like it's it's not only Fonzie with RVD and Sabu, but it looks like they've attached this to the the angle that they have with the WWF. Yeah. Because if you recall, RVD kind of declared his independence from ECW in the second match when he felt like he was snubbed uh, for being a replacement against Lance Storm. Yeah. He says, I love Mondays, and Fonzie knows my schedule. So looks like they're trying to pit. Huh. RVD as a WWF guy and a disloyal piece of shit, if you will. Uh, yeah, that that seems to be the direction they're headed. So, uh, also speaking of loyalty and working relations, anything like that related, trying to segue into this, uh, Jim Ross and Bruce Pritchard met with several Michinoku pro wrestlers. Uh, so they met with one Taka Michinoku, Great Sasuke, which we spoke about before on previous episodes. Those guys end up uh, working with WWF and AAA. So they end up getting a working agreement with AAA, and that lasts until like 1999 or so, where they have like a AAA show that most people have never seen. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they kind of yeah. the AAA relationship kind of started around Royal Rumble time of this year, mm-hmm. where they had some of those wrestlers, the AAA wrestlers, in the Royal Rumble match. They were in Texas. Um, they're trying to get that audience as well as establish that working relationship. And from time to time, they would use some AAA wrestlers. I believe they had like a a, a show called Los Super Astros. Si. It was like a Spanish. Yep. Um, <laughs> See, good, good, good segue. Um, that they that they had used um, from time to time when they taped like you know before Raw or or, or you know matches in between. Um, so yeah, they they for a while, but they didn't use after '97. I feel like they didn't use a maybe even in the early parts of '98. They didn't use a lot of um, of the, uh, the 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 Mexican wrestlers. They just it was very sparingly. They were you know it, it, it wasn't featured on their programming. Let's just put it that Ese way. Rios. S.A. Rios. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He was he was once Aguila. Yes. He wrestled Taka at WrestleMania 14 in Boston. Yep. Just just a, a not long out about a year after this. I yeah. Say. And then he was S.A. Rios with Lita at first, and Lita came out with him before the Hardy Boys. That's right. That is correct. Yep. He was, and he was the WWF Light Heavyweight Champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. All right, Tommy Dreamer coming out with Beulah. I believe they're still married, real life. Got a couple of kids together. Yeah, good for them. If I'm not mistaken. I'm sure Tommy Dreamer did a lot of uh, the breastfeeding. (laughs) He probably still does now. I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, he probably still does now. Yeah. Not good to body shame people. All right. Anyhow, moving on. Uh, what what's what's your timestamp? Because my cock is all miscued again. I'm two hours five minutes and eighteen seconds. All right. Great. Hopefully. Oh my god. This is the. It's interesting. We're doing we're we're doing a a watch along of ECW's barely legal. And if you remember the story, they the pay-per-view ended, and then like 10 seconds later, the power went out in the building. Oh, wow. So they barely they barely put their pay-per-view on TV. Okay? Right. And then we, on the other hand, are doing this 25 years later, and Colby's cock is just not working today. No, there's a storm outside. It's rainy over here, and... Uh... Getting shoddy service. That's all, I guess. Well, maybe, maybe you need cut. to fire the hamster. That's maybe you need to fire the hamster that's on the wheel and get a new yeah, one. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> As we see, I don't know what you're seeing, what you're watching, but we got BWO in the ring. Yeah, it seems like a lot of members uh, mimicking Dennis Rodman and Six Pack, but Six Pack, but he's seven yep. eleven. Uh, that is that. You know who that no, is? Who are these guys? That is who are the extras? Uh, well. I don't know who the the guy mimicking Rodman is, but the 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 guy with the camcorder is Rob Feinstein. Oh, of RF Video. Okay. Rob did their fan. Rob did the fan cams for ECW for years. Yeah, he worked behind the scenes for them, and um, he's I he used to sell the ECW pay per views on DVD, and he was able to do that because um. The fan cam stuff was his footage. Yeah. So he couldn't 
he there wasn't it wasn't a part of the deal that when Vince uh, acquired the copyrights and the trademarks and everything else when it came to ECW. But yeah, Rob Feinstein uh, um, of RF Video fame. I don't know if some of you are you know aware of RF Video, but it was the pretty much the the first of of uh, many uh, organizations that uh, did, was in the shoot interview business. Yeah. Um, now, now they call those podcasts. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> much of us calls, call those podcasts, but even at the time, Mark Madden, we spoke of last week, which Stevie Richards was a part of his radio show, radio was the thing, you know? A lot of those tapes yep. get lost. Um, think of Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon doing Radio WWF. A lot of those have never been found. I, I wonder if they. I wonder if if WWF WWE still has that that audio. That'd be interesting. That'd be kind of cool if they did like a um, like a like a hidden gem on the network or on the Peacock where the, they have the the events that the radio WWF crew did alternate audio. Um, We've talked about that before. Yeah, <clears throat> I would love. That'd be that. kind of cool. I would love that um, to hear on Jim the, Ross uh, on the Ad Free Shows Network. Go ahead. You know the ad-free shows network? Yes, yes. All right, the, the, the whole podcast empire from Conrad Thompson. They actually have audio of Jim Ross's old radio show when he went in Atlanta when he used to work for WCW and he used to do a, radio, a weekly radio show with, with guests from WCW. It was his own venture. He didn't work for – it wasn't something that was related to Turner and WCW. He like had his Mark own Madden. thing going. At the time in 1997, yeah. there was independent stuff. There's yeah. a lot of guys like John Arezzi. Um, he he yep. does that a lot. That name's familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's releasing, he's released a lot of his extra stuff now um, for mm-hmm. archive purposes. And it's interesting to hear the takes on everything. The, those fans are smart at the time, man. The ones that called in, yep. the ones that were involved that much. Um, you know, it just goes to show how much the wrestling culture has grown, but at, at the same time, devolved. Like, do you think, because we are speaking of 1997, uh, where, like, wrestling is on a resurgence again, almost to where the, it's at the at the peak of where it has ever been in a recorded history, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, like, TV ratings and popularity goes for uh buy rates and things like that and merchandise mm-hmm. um <clears throat> do you think that that um because people have become privy to everything because we've seen this uh, like it's it's slowed the progress of wrestling down like what what's happened you know um can you rephrase that question i'm trying to understand what you like, what do you think? What's the, what's the question exactly? I'm I'm a little, I'm a little um, confused. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So no, that's okay. That's all right. Our our uh, our take on wrestling, as far as like being marks and uh, insight to everything. Do you think that that mm-hmm. that changed because of all of this? Right, you know, 1997. It. I think it. I. I. I mean. I think the internet and the the access to information um, 
ruined the 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 way we view wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think it's ruined the way we view wrestling. It's still to this day. I mean, perfect example: Cody Rhodes. The you know the well not 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 that because that wasn't bad like. That's that's the outcome everybody wanted, or at least the, the majority of the fans wanted, was for him to to appear at WrestleMania and be Seth Rollins' mystery partner. But the minute everyone heard that Pat McAfee was wrestling and it was rumored to be Vince McMahon, everybody went uh, was was outraged, outraged as if it was fact. And then it turns out he wrestled Austin Theory. Yeah, and that was the advertised match. Granted, we saw him and McMahon. Have a little mini match at the end of that sh- at the at, at the end of that segment, but still, the most wrestling fans I don't think I think they take everything that they see on the internet as fact, mm-hmm. and they 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 run with it and it and it becomes and because of the way social media is and and with hashtags and the you know conversation pieces. It just it becomes a wildfire. It catches on, you know, and I think, like I said, the way that we're so accessible to information has altered and skewed the way we view wrestling. And it's, I think, now as a as a as a thirty nine year old fan, I've been conditioned. I've conditioned myself to step away from that. I'll read the stuff and be like, oh, they might do this. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, this guy can possibly come in. Okay, cool. But I'm not like, God damn, like, you know, get my hopes up, like, and then I'm disappointed because I read something on the internet that didn't come to fruition. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I think those, those things kind of got squashed. Um, and it, it, was, it was different back then because there was so much competition, competition between the companies that if you heard a guy was going to show up on ECW that just got let go from WCW or vice versa or even Raw... You know, it, it was all must-see TV. Yes. You know, and it, and it was pretty cool because it was new and it was different at that yep. time. They try to replicate that now, and it doesn't have as much of an effect because we're so – information just comes out so fast. And then with, with you know, the, the suspension of disbelief being non-existent in wrestling, um, now that most wrestlers, not all, if not all wrestlers, have a social media account and they interact with their fans – then it makes the it makes the the surprise or what we see on television less authentic. Yeah, true. And uh, okay, so I lost myself on the one question. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's I, okay. I essentially, Don't apologize. I, I, essentially I was just meant, trying to understand what you were. What I essentially you were meant what <clears throat> to what degree? Like, okay, there was always always smart fans. It seems in the 80s, 90s. And then all of a sudden it blew up. And to what degree, like, do you think the viewership through wrestling during this peak time, like from here until like 2001 or two is when there was like peak wrestling, like merchandise, everything Mm -hmm. like that. To what degree do you think those were true wrestling fans or just fad? You know, like, uh, like I think, I think to some degree those, those fans participated in the action but only for a short period of time until they grew tired of it or they grew out of it yep you know yeah i I think there's some truth to that absolutely i think there are fans that i mean i know lots of people that you know 
that when they become aware that I'm a wrestling fan or that I do a podcast on on you know nostalgic wrestling, you know they'll be like, oh, what do you talk about? And I'm like, oh, I'll talk about stuff from you know 80s, 90s, you know early 2000s. And they'd be like, yeah, I stopped watching wrestling after so and so left, or after you know this it just became too fake, or it became you know too much of a soap opera, or mm-hmm. you know, or, or the guys aren't as good as what they used to be. You know, like I work in a prison. You know, f- you know, full disclosure and. You know, sometimes I'll put the TV on in the day room when the inmates are out for their recreation. And there's we only get like four channels. We get like the basic cable. Like there's only like three or four channels. And one of them is Fox because it's local. And we'll get Fox and SmackDown will be on on a Friday night. Well, most of the inmates actually like to watch it. Yeah. But some of them who are old enough will be like, oh, yeah, I remember when so-and-so used to wrestle. And, you know, it used to be good here. And then, But because there's only four channels... They'll watch it again because that's all the, that's all they really have to watch on TV. Right. Because they don't have like you know cable and all the other stuff. So um, it's interesting. The I think there's a good majority of fans that 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 watched, that participated, that were fans during a really hot period. And when when it started to die down, when things were you know when when it peaked. After that, people just started losing interest in it, and I think it was. I, I think a lot of that has to do with there was so much, and it's and it's this way to this day. But there was so much overexposure of wrestling. Yeah, back then, you had Raw, you had Nitro, you had ECW, you had you know recap shows on both programs. You know, you had you know, three pay per views sometimes, sometimes three pay per views a month. You know, there was a lot of wrestling. And granted, it was fun. It was a fun time to be a part of as a fan. But, you know, I'm 39 years old. And I remember, you know, a couple of years ago when, you know, it was just WWE. And then, you know, AEW came on the scene. And MLW's got a show. And Ring of Honor looks like they're back. And New Japan's right. got something. And there's now there's so much. Like, I don't. I, I I view wrestling. I watch. If I hear something that's good and I'm interested in, I'll watch it. But I'm not watching everything every every single week. Yeah. Like, that's just, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of it has to do with the overexposure. And some of the content just isn't as good. Yeah, I mean, I do my due diligence of trying to keep up. And then, I mean, I'm a new father, so I'm like, uh, I'll I'll put that on the background for downtime. But it's also, it seems like that's the only thing I digest as far as, like, television besides whatever my significant other wants to watch. Or if I try to put on, like comedy or 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 you know like some old classics try, trying to like you know just dumb down and not pay attention to something yeah but uh wrestling is usually like you said for me before is i i think it's like a show that i put on in the background right now mm-hmm. and uh for nighttime you know um yep otherwise if i want to see something i'll go out of my way to watch it and i'll focus on really much that you know like that's it yep um yeah that, that, that that's kind of how i am i'm fast forwarding through a fair amount of stuff um on all the shows you know if there's somebody i, I particularly like to watch you know on wwe i usually I, I usually don't fast forward through anything that's like roman reigns related because i've really enjoyed his character but uh you know now that cody rhodes is a part of the program i've been a little more um um Focused on oh. on seeing his stuff as we see Terry Funk oh delivering a a a moonsault off the top of a ladder to Stevie Richards. What's your, what's your time stamp here? 
I am currently at two hours, 19 minutes, and seven seconds and counting. Awesome. So we have about another, I'd say, about 20 minutes or so, 22 minutes left of this um, of this 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 broadcast this here. But, um, yeah, this is just a train wreck. I mean, and that's what you would expect. You know, that's that's what ECW was at times. But it was looking back on it after we've been watching a lot of these episodes. It's a well told story of three guys that all each have a beef with Raven going for a shot at the title. Absolutely, which I think is I think I think it's pretty. Terry good. Funk is the old man. Give me one more try. I'm gonna say we did yep. it for us. Like the like the, yep. the 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 fighting working man, like the the hard yep. the hard grizzled veteran. And then Stevie yep. Richards, who was a, a protege of Ravens in a way. Yes. And then Tur- Yep, he was his lackey. He wants to be his own man. Uh and then yep. Sandman, who's former champion and has been the heart and soul of ECW until Raven arrived. And Raven is this new dark heart. This new dark soul of uh, <laughs> the grunge era of yep. ECW, and it's personal yeah. because Raven took Sandman's wife and kid, and they they left him. Yeah. So there's 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 three different stories that you know three different paths that each of these guys have been on heading towards the title. They all intersect to Raven. You know, in some form or fashion, it's pretty cool. It makes sense. Does it make sense booking yes. wise for you? That they did the match right before the main event, or should they have done it earlier? Um, it makes sense with who came out the winner from this match. Yes, because okay. they were really trying yes. to they were really trying to pile on the the underdog grizzled vet story with Terry Funk, and Terry Funk, you know, spoiler alert, would eventually win this match, and then he immediately, you know, gets a match with Raven for the title. It really piles on, like you know, does. You know, the, the theory of, you know, can Funk win the big one? He just outlasted these two young guns, and now he's got to go up against Raven immediately following this war. I mean, and it also adds a level of, um, it adds a level of vulnerability to Funk even more, and it, it makes Raven this bigger asshole that he's going to even defend the title against a guy who just got the shit kicked out of him by two other dudes 15 minutes prior. So... It, because of the outcome with with Funk, yeah, it makes sense. Now, if they were to have booked this differently, well, actually, no, they they still could have done these two, any one of these three, winning this match and then facing Raven immediately because Raven's the heel. Yeah, you know, Raven's the heel. He wants the advantage. You know, he he you know he wants to have Ooh. the the um. Like I remember a couple years ago. As we see Terry Funk with the Ooh. infamous ladder spot. Where are you at? I'm, I'm time wise. I am at two twenty two thirty two now. Okay. Oh, he is wailing on him. Um, if you remember a few years ago when they did the when WWE uh, did the Triple H Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania, yes. you know that was the first official match on the card, but the commentators made a mention of it. That, you know, Triple H, who was the quote-unquote boss on TV, set this match up to go on first because if he won, he would have time to rest before he was involved in the main event for the title. Mm. So it was it, it's, it's a it was a very interesting heel move um, 
in that direction to go. But at the same time, for both of them. it's also very interesting. For both these. Yeah. 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 For both these scenarios. So, Stevie Richards. Uh, could you have seen Stevie Richards in WWF? Um, obviously yeah, not. Yeah, as a cruiserweight. No. <laughs> as a cruiserweight. Yeah, cruiserweight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, lightweight, cruiserweight, yeah. Would he have been the next Shawn Michaels? No. Nah, I don't know. They tried. They tried it with him when they brought him in in 99, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah, they brought him in in 99, if I'm not mistaken. Him and Blue Meanie, when they were like kind of paired up with Al Snow for a little bit. I don't know if you remember that yeah. stuff. It was very brief. But they took him off TV for a while, and then he was doing, like, imitation characters. And then they that's when they brought the right to censor in a few months later. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. Maybe backstage stuff. Or as oh, we see a double pin going on. Wow. That's nice. I don't know what it was with uh, Stevie Richards, but I think he had the talent, and he had kind of a look he looks like a mix between dave grohl and the drummer of dave grohl's band who just died uh he, he kind of looks like a mix between those dudes like that grunge look you know yeah but with the booty shorts <clears throat> yeah that was the only thing that kind of set him off but he needed to get attention otherwise because work rate at the time he looked like you know what he looked like he looked like if one of the nitro girls was trans <laughs> You mean uh, Transadelphia or uh, <laughs> Transylvania? Yeah, Transylvania. Yeah, you remember the the secret Nitro girl? Yeah, mm-hmm. the Nitro girl that always stayed in the back of the group that wasn't right. Oh, that was awful! Wow, wow. Yeah, but uh, just just a just a car wreck we're seeing here. Pretty bad. Three. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, let's go through some of the matches that happened earlier in the night. Roger that. Let's do it. Uh, Dudley Boys versus the Eliminators, ECW tag titles. The for like the fiftieth time. Yep. <laughs> uh, Saturn hits a double jump moonsault on Bubba, and Kronos hit a four fifty splash on Devon. Bubba then eats a total elimination. For the win, crowd expected the quick title change. Um, Eliminators won. You, you you didn't do it justice. What? You didn't do it justice when you just recapped oh. it. It's supposed to be title <sighs> elimination. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Uh, it it was good. Fuck you. Thinking? It was good. It was a good match. I I watched it earlier. So. Yeah. Not a bad match. Not a, you know a good way to open up the show. Then we get Lance Storm versus Rob Van Dam. Have you seen this one? Yeah, I have. I've seen this event before. Yeah, that, that wasn't a bad match either. You know, the post-match promo with RVD um, sharing his, his displeasure of being, you know, uh, relegated as a substitute. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, it was, it was definitely a good match. Rob Van Dam picking up the victory over over um, Landstorm and Landstorm. His, his rat tail. That's right. He made sure that he made sure he went over on both. Yeah. Then we get <laughs> Great Sasuke, Gran Hamada, and Matsuyoshi uh versus Terry Boy, 
Dick Togo and Taka Michinoku. Dick Togo. Yeah. Um, it, that was a fun it match. Was okay. Yeah. Sasuke hit Tiger. It was what it was, what you expected. Yeah. Sasuke hits a Tiger suplex on Taka for the win. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it was what it was. As we get some assistance here in the match with Sandman and Terry Funk kind of working together on Stevie for a triple threat. Um, then we get Shane Douglas and Pitbull 2 for the ECW TV title. Uh, that's where we see Brian Lee and Rick Rude showing up at the end. And uh, Douglas wins with the belly, belly to belly. You know, they, they've they had this match and it, over and over again, and the blow-off was just terrible. Just inter, intertwining these storylines that, like, with Rick Rude and Brian Lee and both. I mean, Brian Lee was injured, so he couldn't do much, so he did a choke slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rick Rude just looked taggered. Like, he looked bad, man. Like, he takes off his coat, and he's got a tank top, and he looks, like, rail thin. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Any thoughts on that? No, I mean, uh, the post-match angle was decent. Oh, Jesus. Whew. I'm watching here. The ladder went flying into the yeah. crowd. Sandman did another one of those... Uh, those, those those spots there, but um, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, the post match with Rude. I mean, it got a good reaction. Then Brian Lee came out with the mask and, and Rick Rude's, you know, the whole swerve. Um, it wasn't bad, but you know, looking back on it, what did it lead to? It didn't lead to any type of match. No. You know, it, it what was the blow off? What was the payoff there? So, yeah. Um, we see Terry Funk and Sandman teaming up again during this match and it's interesting it's a triple threat yeah i mean you know these types of matches you'll eventually get to that point where the guys will work with each other what's this is that kick out that was a weird pin um yeah they'll eventually work with each other you know get get rid of one common enemy to to fight each other you know at at the end that's seems to be the Seems to be par for the course in most of these type of matches. But this is an elimination, yeah. I believe. It's a three-way dance, right? Yes. Yes. But it's 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 different for the time because we haven't been introduced to this normally in wrestling. This is why I asked you last week about multiple man matches and how you feel. Um, <laughs> this is like kind of the first inception of it, you know? Well, I mean, they did the three... ECW was the originator of the three-way dances with, you know, Funk and Douglas and Sabu, I believe. That's the that's the most that's the inf- most infamous one, right? The one that really put them on the yeah. map. Those three mm-hmm. ways, right? And I like the elimination factor. I don't like the sudden death, first pinfall gets the win. Okay. It works in certain cases, but in other cases, it doesn't. Um, I do like the, the elimination factor. Uh you don't see that enough, but I think for booking purposes, they do the the sudden death first fall to a finish because they they sometimes these guys will book themselves into a corner here where they're trying to you know um, establish different guys and you know they don't want to uh, you know uh, upset the apple cart if you will with, with some of these guys so they have no choice but to um, do the, the 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 sudden death 
aspect of it. Yeah, and WCW had tried to introduce it in 1995 with Macho Man, Lex Luger, Ric Flair, or who was that? Um, it was a three-way, correct? I think it was Macho Man, Luger, and Sting, and the winner faced Flair. There you go. It was a Starcade, so, right? So, yeah, essentially like this. Yeah. And that yep. was two years prior. But uh, yep. it had been done before in this promotion. It had been done before in other promotions. It was actually the first time that All Japan introduced it since, like, 1974, since having a Texas death match as their first gimmick match. All Japan introduces a triangle match uh, between... Toshiaki Kawada, Kenta Kobashi, and Mitsuhara Misawa um, after uh-huh. a reception from this. So three ways are big at the time. Do you think WrestleMania 13 could have been better as a fatal four-way or a triple threat? Well, with Brett, well, with Brett Austin, Undertaker, and Sid? Yeah. Um, well, they already did the four-way. With the I, know, before. I know, I know. Look at that gash on Terry's side from the barbed wire. Holy crap, sorry. Oh, God, yeah. That look, No, that looks gnarly. These guys are killing each other. Um, It would have been kind of cool if we saw Brett, Austin, and Sean. Yes. I think that would have been cool. Is this the finish here? Funk with the moonsault? Wow. Is he going to get the cover? He might. Wow. Yep. He does. And then just Raven shows up right there with that fresh <clears throat> belt, like you said. Yeah, fresh as monkey's breath right there. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe if you have you ever, you've seen Beyond the Map before, right? Yeah, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they had cameras backstage for this event, and there was. A timing issue where they they were they were short on time so they had raven run out there and they really only had like a couple of minutes with these two not this, this match wasn't very long it made about like five or six minutes yeah you're absolutely right um they were working with time constraints um yeah it, so much stuff had changed at the time it, it's just uh ecw coming to Coming to realize that if you want to be a big promotion, you want to be on this big level, you're going to deal with a lot of stuff. Changing at the last minute, you know, and especially with a a squad that you trust and you love, but are these guys going to make it on TV, you know? And for a promotion that puts a lot of money behind people and merchandising? Yeah, I mean, this is also the first time, too, that that they're on pay-per-view, so... You had to figure that there would be some there, you know, there'd be some issues. But um, is Funk bleeding? Yeah, we got Funk. Funk's got a gusher over the forehead. Funk now. bladed and but, bleeding, yeah. and he's squeezing the blood out more. We see him trying to squeeze it out. Funk's selling this really well. Yeah, he's. Oh yeah, he's. He's got a gusher there. That's for sure. Raven doing his awesome pose in the corner. Um, is this a 
A doctor? Someone in there? I bet you... See, ECW normally didn't do anything like this. If a guy bled, they bled. But this here, they got somebody coming in the ring. Which makes no sense booking-wise, right? I mean, no, not necessarily, but... The week prior, it adds we a, night- a fucking chair, a CTE, like, match-off between... You know, <laughs> between two wrestlers, like, hitting each other in the head with chairs over and over again, blading, and then all of a sudden this. And it's like... It wouldn't surprise It wouldn't surprise me if they... If, if because the company had such um, restrictions from, you know, pay-per-view, from the pay-per-view provider, if they did that so that they could appease the pay-per-view provider, you know, like, oh, hey, the guy bled, but we had our doctor there at ringside... To make sure that you know he was good to Maybe, go, because yeah. they had them, they had him hold up the fingers. But at the same time, I think what they were trying to illustrate there, that the point being, old that yellers almost this, dead. That like can can the, can the old guy still go? And that's why they put the doctor in the ring to kind of add more drama to the thing. And he refuses, like he's back in there again right now. Right. And he's trying. He's trying to bandage him up. Which, yeah, I I mean I can agree to an extent, but it's also it's like. Man, we've seen people blade and people do so much stuff on ECW. It's okay. Let's let's think about this too. We watched the recent most WrestleMania where Stone Cold went against Kevin Owens, and do you know yep. that they did the first table spot on that show? So nobody nobody else went through a table. Nobody else bladed. Nobody else did anything because nobody does the blading in WWE anymore anyhow. But yeah. that was the first table spot throughout the whole show. AEW as opposed to ECW and, and like I mean compared to ECW and like a lot of these other promotions now, they go through a table every match. Everybody blades here and there and it's like it means nothing. It's important to keep yeah. that stuff at bay. And look, yep. that's why the, the the referee, that's why that's important that that guy is going to try to call this match, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just saw Raven. Uh, oh, yeah, Raven, knocked the, Raven knocked the doctor yeah. down, so he wants the match to continue. He's like, fuck that. We're, we're, we're continuing going. And it looks like Raven has his own flock already here. Yeah, um, it's like a bunch of randoms. I, I have I no fucking clue are. who these people are. But building, like, who Raven's flock. Who is this chick that's about to pop? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Did you just see yeah. that? Who the heck is she? I don't even remember this. Raven's Nest. Is she, what they're calling it. She she did an awful job of a sit-out powerbomb. Oh, my God. They're calling it and Raven's the, Nest. But it, it's um, wild. Now, now, now Raven's going to call Dreamer out on the mic. Because if you recall, Dreamer gave up his spot in the triple threat to Terry Funk so that Terry Funk could get an opportunity to compete for the title. Yeah, which is awesome. Yep. That was a, that was a pretty nice... Oh, Dreamer ripped down the chain. Oh, wait a minute. So there's there's a bunch of tables set up. Someone's going to come up from behind. I have a feeling he's going to go through like all those stack of tables that are set up there. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. There he Big is. Big Dick Dudley. Big Dick Dudley, the cousin of Peacock. He's out of jail. 
That's what they're saying we on got a, the commentary. We got a working relationship between Raven and the Dudleys. Interesting. Out of jail. Oh, they did an angle where he went to jail? I guess. All the other angles they do in wrestling that you could potentially be incarcerated for, but this guy goes to jail. There's been kidnappings in wrestling. There's been, you know, um, vehicular ma- uh, uh, assaults with automobiles. As we see, Big Dick looks like he's going to choke slam Dreamer. Oh. Off the top. Oh. Knee to the groin area. Dreamer reversing. Oh. Hold them up. Oh, my God. That was awful. Well. Do you know that Brian Lee was supposed to take that bump? I'm sure he was. But because of his neck injury that we spoke about last week, he was not capable. So they they introduced the Dudleys into the They busted story. Big Dick out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Terry Funk is a bloody mess. Yeah, you can't even see his face. That is awful. Uh, so... In news from the Wrestling Observer, real quick, WCW attempted to basically raid ECW this week. They offer major, major contracts to Shane Douglas, Francine, The Eliminator, Sabu, Taz, Joey Styles, The Dudleys, Stevie Richards, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, Pitbulls, and Raven. Hmm. That's pretty much all of the Baylor legal participants exactly. on this show. <laughs> And little do they know that they're working with WWF, I guess, or they're 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 just like fuck it, we're gonna offer them contracts. If you're gonna play this game, like you're not working with, wow, the wow, a roll up, and we got ourselves a winner, a new ECW champion, Terry Funk, a bloody Terry Funk. Defeated we did it for Raven. us. We did it. We did it! Audio, I'm gonna cue it in. Forever! Peacock. Forever! Forever! Tommy Dreaver just cucking it for Terry. why they call me dreamer Yeah, I like the build up to everything. Uh, it worked out. And like we were speaking of, WCW tries to raid ECW, offering all those guys uh, contracts. And Raven gets a huge offer six figures, three years to come to WCW. 
Yeah, he would uh, he, he would take that deal just a couple of months later. Uh, Saturn would eventually jump. Stevie Richards would jump. Uh, I think those were the three that went over. Um, and everybody else stayed. If I'm not mistaken, I think everyone else that was that was offered that were offered a deal stayed. But there was, like I said, there was the rumors of the the mole that was Todd Gordon. I believe a couple other guys were involved in that as well. Uh, Terry Taylor on WCW's end, I believe Bill Alfonso too. I think Fonzie almost lost his job because of it, and that that produced the infamous. Uh, male versus female intergender match with Beulah that turned into a bloodbath, which I'm sure we'll watch at some point on later episodes of Marking Out the Day's Extreme Watch Logs. But, Cope, this has been a pleasure, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. You want to hear some last-minute news? Yeah, why not? Why don't we shut it, why don't we shut it down with some All right, news? so Louis Spicoli has been on uh, the house show circuit uh, with ECW holding up the NWO click sign. That, oh, yeah, that's right, because he was also part of the NWO at some point. Yeah, he leaves to go to WCW. He's one of those guys that yep. gets a, a, a contract. Um, so that's interesting there. Um, also, Ken Shamrock cuts a promo on Raw challenging Mike Tyson. I do remember that. So they were booking. I do, I do remember They were trying that. to loosely book that. Weird, you know? I mean, Tyson, what, Tyson was very popular when it came to the controversial things he would do. And, I, you know, later this year he would have that fight with Evander Holyfield where he bit Holyfield's ear. I believe it was in the yes. summer. Uh, I want to say June yep. of 97, late June or early July. I'm not mistaken. Um, so they, they, they were attaching themselves to just about anything that, that, you know, mainstream media, sports world, pop culture was getting their hands on. So um, that doesn't surprise me in the least bit. Sometimes they would just grab and see what was – you know, see, see, see who would who would bite. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that could have been a big match, um, and something that they would have booked. You know, um, for a oh yeah a WrestleMania like uh, celebrity slash inter sports match, sports entertainment, pal. Uh, That's good shit, yeah, pal. Last little bit and rumor from the Observer from this time in 1997. King of the Ring finals are rumored to be The Undertaker and Ahmed Johnson. Hmm. I think that's where they were possibly planning Ahmed Johnson to turn to go to uh, the nation and then, you know, go heel against The Undertaker and be a top star challenging for that title. Seems, seems you know, the direction that they would go. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. Thoughts? Eh. No. Didn't really care for it then. Okay. No. I mean, I, 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 I put more of my focus and attention on, uh, you know, the Hart Foundation angle. This was right around the time where I started to really pay more attention to Raw. Uh, I was still, I was still hooked on Nitro because the NWO story was still good, but I did, I, I flip flopped and channel surfed a lot more during this time period. This is probably my peak of when I would flip back and forth. This 97 and 98 were the two years where I really went back and forth about what I was watching on Monday nights. Okay. Yeah. Not because of Ahmed Johnson by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> uh, last little bit, the reason the Dudleys and the tag match with the Eliminators was so short is because Dudley, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley had an ankle injury. 
So I remember hearing that. I do remember hearing that. That's that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise. You. I do remember hearing that. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, long episode, but we we did it. We crushed it. It's uh, ECW barely legal review. The week of April fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Taking over that episode, uh, you and I did our justice for marking out the day's extreme watch-alongs. Thank you again, Dave. Sign us off. Let us know where we can find you, and we will get out of here. Next week, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming covering the April 22nd, 1997 edition of Hardcore TV from ECW. So be on the lookout for that in the streams, as well as kicking out at 2. We have the Monday Night Raw episode of of uh, the, when Steve Austin and Bret Hart wrestled in that street fight. Bret Hart suffered a leg injury. That's from April the 21st, 1997. You can find Kicking Out at 2 by searching Retro Mania with a W on any podcasting platform available. All the great shows that we have that have been a part of the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. So find those shows on any of those podcasting streams that I had mentioned. And that is that. And on that note, it is time that we end this. And we put this down for the... Th- oh, wrong show again. Once again, you gotta stop having me lead and 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 exit with with you know plugging my show for Christ's sakes. I mean, why would you do such a thing for fuck's sake? You but anyhow, deserve it. <laughs> you deserve fight forever. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking chill. promo that... forever. Yeah. <laughs> Plug your shit. No, something. Yeah. But anyways, we're 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 gonna get up on out of here. We'll see everybody next. All week. right. See you, man.